everybody. Good morning. Very happy to be here and seeing all of you guys. Even though I don't get to see you, I only see Patricia. Hey, Pat. <laughs> and Kevin, saw your face earlier. Um, very glad to um, be here this morning and have the opportunity to share what God wants us to um, hear. So let me just open us up in prayer and then we'll briefly get into a word and we'll wrap up for today. Father, we thank you again for gathering us here this morning, putting us together, giving us the opportunity to fellowship, Lord, in your name, to discuss your word, oh God. We pray and ask, oh God, that it is your word, oh Lord, that comes through today. Lord, we pray that every heart, every mind, every ear, oh God, will be open to listening to whatever it is, oh God, you want them to hear today, oh Lord. We pray we come against every spirit of confusion, every distraction, God, everything that will inhibit, Father God, your children's access to your word. And I just pray, oh God, asking that when we're done, oh Lord, and, and we leave the call, everything that is discussed today, oh Lord, will make an active effort, oh Lord, to apply it in our lives on a daily basis, oh Lord, so that we can continue to see just that renewal, oh Lord, of our faith. We thank you so much again for a time like this, and we just ask that you have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm. All right, so a couple weeks ago, um, actually it was uh, Valentine's Day, was the last time that I preached. And I spoke on love because like Valentine's Day, obviously that would be a very appropriate topic. But I also talked about how God's justice, right, sort of couples or goes hand in hand with that um, and, and how it just makes it easier, how it should make it easier for us as his children to be able to love God back. So I kind of want to extend that teaching. Um, and interestingly enough, I want to talk about God's love um, only specifically how it pertains to our faith and more specifically our trust in him. So really cool how uh, the song we just sang and Kevin's um, sort of brief summary on that spoke heavily on what I'm gonna be talking about today is just trusting in God. And I think what I want to do today, guys, is I want you guys to really understand, like, what it means to trust God, right? Because we believe in God, we have faith, right? And a lot of times, you know, faith goes hand in hand with trust. And a lot of people use those terms interchangeably. But, you know, I think a lot of people will also go as far as saying, you know, faith has a more divine theological connotation, whereas trust is more secular, and it has a very sort of like almost tangible thing where we can apply it, right? Trust applies to almost every relationship that we have. Um, and so it's really important to understand how to exercise that as believers and as Christians, because as we know, it's not enough to just receive the invitation. It's not enough to just say you're a Christian. There are qualities um, and characteristics that we have to exhibit or that we have to show um, to really like to get us into heaven, right? That's our ticket. And then moreover, like I, I think I also want to discuss how much like a lot of what we're doing, like when we come on here and, and we're doing these services, a lot of us are trying to prepare for heaven or we're trying to, you know, 
we're trying to imagine like this beautiful day where we will see our maker and everything will be perfect, no worries, you know, no issues or anything like that. But I also want us to be reminded that, you know, this life and this journey to that point is just as significant um, and plays an integral, integral role in preparing us for that. Um, so again, just going back on how we use this life to to be able to get us to that point. Um, so I think I want to just have us start off by opening our Bibles to Mark chapter five. Um, that's where the reading is going to be taken from. Um, just the story of the woman who bled for 12 years, right? And how she exercised not only her faith, but just that trust. Um, so we're going to just read that and then see what we can take from that, um, how we can apply it to our lives. So if I could have somebody read, um, it's going to be Mark chapter 5, and it's only going to be verses 21 to 34. Somebody who can be bold and loud and read that scripture for us so that we can all kind of break it down and understand um, what it's designed to instruct us to do. Anybody? I'll read it. I just need to know what the... Sure. Thank the, you, Andy. And the thing that's funny, Andy, is I was actually going to ask you to read it for some reason. I don't know why. So thank you. Um, you beat me to it. It's Mark chapter 5. Okay. And then it's verses 21 to 34. Okay. Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. That one? Well, that is the beginning, but you're going to go all the way down to verse 21. Does it start when Jesus had again? Uh, you got to the boat? Yes. Okay. Crossed yeah. over by boat? Yes, that's it. Okay. And then you're going to read up until verse 34. Okay. Jesus raised the dead girl and healed a sick woman. When Jesus had again crossed over a boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named... Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power that had gone out of At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Um, up until 34, please. Oh, 34, sorry. No problem. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what, she had, what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Andy. A really common, I think, story that we've all heard, right, 
and you know we kind of have a general understanding this is a woman who was dealing with a serious medical condition for years right she had taken every approach and step to trying to resolve this issue of bleeding everything that she could have should have done she did and it still didn't work um, and the bible says that you know she heard about jesus and at this point like Jesus is really popular because he's moving around. There's large crowds sort of gathering around him. They're seeing him perform all these miracles. Um, and Christ is also using this opportunity to really preach the gospel to these people. But this woman, just having this belief and this faith and this trust that, like, I don't, I don't even need to have a conversation with him. I don't need to, like, stand in front of his face. I don't, I don't need to do too much, right? All she did was she reached out and she touched like the bottom of his cloak and she was immediately healed. And I think, you know, this story is really, really powerful and it's really significant because I think it applies to us still today, right? We, we may not be able to follow Jesus in a really big crowd, right? We don't get to see him marching around. Um, with his disciples, with thousands of people surrounding him. <clears throat> but in a lot of different ways, we, we're actually in a lot closer proximity to him than even those people, right? We have direct access to him, all right? And that was the result of the blood that he shed for us. And so trusting God means putting everything, right? Everything in God right and and believing that in the midst of whatever issues you're facing whatever trials you're dealing with that he is going to heal you right and that's kind of like the overarching generic theme that we get from this but i want to kind of even simplify it a little bit more because on a day-to-day -day basis we are faced with challenges we are faced with decisions that we have to make um, we are faced with temptations right and and trusting god is, is not always just, all right, I have a problem and I need God to heal me, right? Trusting God is also believing and knowing that the, the word of God is true. Number one, I've, I'm yet to see, right, a time in which God said something and it hasn't come to pass, right? So we know that we serve a God who is a God of his word. And so trusting God, we take it and we apply it to the day-to-day -day things that we experience in our lives. We realize that it is a lot bigger. It's a, it's a lot more challenging than just saying, I trust God, or even just reaching out and touching his cloak. And the reason why I say that is because our trust in God transcends just the generic like, oh no, I'm struggling, I need God to help me, right? How, how do we trust God in, in the way we deal with people, right? A lot of us understand trust to be almost foundational in every and any relationship that we have, right? So in other words, it, you can't really love somebody, right, without trusting them and vice versa, right? In some cases, it's it, it can be, it can be, um, what's the word? It can be disputed, right? So for instance, if you're a parent, you love your child a lot, but you may not necessarily trust them with certain things, there's a certain sort of underlying level of trust that you have for this child, right? It may not be that you trust them to drive your car, but you trust that perhaps this child loves me back 
or perhaps when I give this child the right tools or the right knowledge that they're not going to disobey me. And so again, going back to the whole idea that if we love God, right, then we must trust him, right? And if we say that we trust God, we must be able to exercise that trust on a daily basis, right? So what does that mean? When you're presented with the opportunity to sin, right? All that is, and sometimes I even tell myself this, I have to remind myself this, right? All that is oftentimes is a decision that you're making as to whether or not you love the sin, right, more, or you love God more, right? But sometimes that's also a decision I feel like that we're making in which we say, do I trust in my own desires, my own flesh, my own approach to this situation, or do I trust God more, right? And that's really, really important to remember, I think, as believers, because naturally when we're faced with issues that present themselves in our lives, we act much like the lady with the issue of bleeding did, right? We'll go to the doctors, we'll, we'll take all the medications that are prescribed, we'll figure out everything that the world will say, okay, this is what you need to do to resolve this, right? But trust in God is not just asserting that, okay, God is going to heal me, right? In this situation, that's what happened. But trusting in God is just this belief and this understanding that, number one, God is in control, right? So God sees everything that's happened and God knows what's going to transpire even after this. And trusting that God in his, in his just infinite goodness and faithfulness, right, will see you through, right? And what I want to stress is that Trusting God is not necessarily, again, asserting that whatever I'm dealing with, God is going to heal me or whatever I'm going through, God is going to get me out of it. Right. And trusting God is not also asserting that, you know, God is going to have answers to everything. Right. Remember what happened to Job. Remember what happened to pretty much all but one of his disciples. Right. People who suffered. Right. Who People who were. Um, who were prosecuted and persecuted, right? Just for even making it clear that they believe in God, right? So this, this trust that we have in God is not a guarantee, guys, that we're not going to go through certain things in our lives, right? Remember when Job was, was, was dealing with all of those setbacks in his life, remember the Bible says that he, he called out to God, why me? Like, God, why me? And in that time and space, God didn't give him an answer, right and so you may be dealing with something where you don't really understand like why am i going through this you may feel like you're the only person going through it and so you might even ask why am i the only person that's going through this you may compare your lives to the people around you and think like why do they seemingly have a great life or why do they never have to deal with these issues but i am right trusting in god doesn't mean you have those questions answered and trusting in god doesn't mean that you're going to be exempt from being in those situations, right? Remember what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar for not bowing down and worship him, right? They trusted in God, right? They believed that God would take care of things, right? But guess what? They still got thrown into that fiery furnace. They were still in there, 
right? They weren't excused or exempt from just just things taking its natural progression, right? Because we talked about last time when I when I uh, when I preached on um, the 14th of February that you know God God won't even really violate the free will of man, right? So if it's if it's supposed to take its natural course and somebody wills for this to happen, sometimes God will interrupt, but He won't necessarily invade that. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still thrown into that fiery furnace, but. The Bible says that they came out of it unscathed, right? And and that's what I want you guys to remember about trusting God is that in the midst of tragedy, right? Or even again, simplifying it even more, in the in the midst of being presented with a certain temptation, let's say somebody wrongs you, right? And your first initial reaction or response is, let me get back at them, or let me cuss them out. Or let me go through and list all the reasons why they're a terrible person. Let me make their life a living hell, right? Let me take revenge, right? When we decide to do things like that, right, what we don't realize is we're also taking a step to decide that we no longer trust God to handle that sort of thing, right? Because the first thing is that the Bible and God will always give us sort of um, a playbook on how to live our lives, right? He'll give us guidance on how to approach certain situations. And so the Bible makes it clear, like, pray for your enemies, right? The Bible instructs us, like, not to retaliate or to seek revenge in that way, right? And so if we want to take matters into our own hands, right, then what we're inadvertently choosing to do is choosing to not trust God to handle it the way the Bible says he will, right? Choosing to trust God in that situation means saying, you know what, God, I see what the Bible has told me about how I'm supposed to respond or react to the situation. And so that's what I'm going to do. And then exercising that trust. It's not easy. It is not easy. You don't know the number of times where I've had to coach people who just naturally, like on impulse, want to go all out. They want to retaliate. They want to get back at people. And I have to talk them through, like like calm them down. It takes a long time, really, to get them to a place where they realize and they understand that, no, you don't actually need to do all of that, right? Because, like, like who is more powerful than God, right? Who, who, who does revenge better than God? You get what I'm saying? In other words... When we choose to to act in a certain way that goes against God's word, not only are we telling him that we don't trust him to do it the way the Bible says, but what we're also doing is we're engaging in something that, number one, he's told us not to do, and it continues to have a negative effect on our life, right? Which is the whole reason why God told you not to do it to begin with, right? Remember that the Bible is our biggest like life hack, right? In terms of trying to figure out how to do this thing called life, right? And when we trust in God, when we listen to the things that the Bible instructs us to do, we're able to get through life in a way that even the Bible describes as a peace that surpasses, right, understanding. So the average person or perhaps someone who's not a believer, someone who's not a Christian, They'll, they'll see, say, you're going through you're going through certain things in your life, but you still come out of it. You still present yourself as somebody who's got this great hope or this great faith, 
right? Like these things don't shake you, right? You understand them to be part of life. And moreover, you understand that these things help to sort of refine your character and build you and fortify you and are preparing you for the greater things that God has for you right? This is like the thought process that's going through your head. And so the rest of the world is looking at you kind of like you're crazy because it's like under normal circumstances, right? You would be the person who breaks down or the person who even curses God or the person who just gives up from it, right? But that's not what it means to trust God, right? Trusting God is believing and understanding that in all things, right? God, you are working for my good because I love you, God, and I'm called according to your purpose, right? And that's found in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 38, right? So when we put ourselves in that place where we have that mentality and we have that mindset, life becomes easier, right? Not in the sense that we don't have the challenges or we don't have the setbacks, but more so in the sense that we know that God has got a bigger plan and a bigger agenda, right? And trusting God, right, means that we know his word, number one. So you have to be become pretty well-versed on what the Bible tells you to do. And you have to execute that. You have to walk the straight path, guys. You can't really, like, blame God or try to trust in God when you're not living, like, faithfully, right? When you're not living righteously, right? Especially when it comes to even those little, 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 little petty sins, right? We think like, oh, I want to go to the grocery store. I'm going to steal this one or two things. Or I have a friend and, you know, I'm just going to gossip behind their back. Or I'm going to do all these little, little things. Like all those things over time sort of spiral into bigger issues that you don't even realize start from that one point of that little tiny minute sin that you didn't even think was significant, right? Trusting God means you put yourself in his hands and you say, God, I, I'm just going to do it, right? I'm just going to live for you. I'm going to go all out for you. And I'm going to be obedient to your word. And I'm going to trust that even when I have setbacks or even when I fall from it, that you are going to find a way to find something bigger out of it, something greater than myself. And the thing that's I think the most one of the most beautiful things about living in that headspace is that you begin to inspire other people, right? And you become a light, quite literally, in the lives of so many other people. Because, you know, if you lived in such a way where you didn't have any problems, you didn't have any issues, like life was just super smooth, and, you know, you never had any reason to call on God, then you wouldn't really be able to attract people who maybe are going through really, really devastating times. They need that encouragement. They need you to speak a word into their life. Like there's something about being able to say, yes, I went through it and this is how I did it. There's something about being able to testify to the goodness of God, right? That really encourages somebody that really, it, it, it makes them like, it makes them see that, okay, God did it with you. So surely he can do it with me right and so in a lot of different ways i'm encouraging you to take that step right take that step to being that person that all of these broken people will come to one day and say look i'm going through a b c and d how do i overcome this how do i get through this how do i do it right how could a loving god allow all these things to happen to me how could this how could that all these people who have all these questions right 
By the time you've gone through everything that you've dealt with, by the time you've prayed about it, by the time you've exercised your faith and you've exercised your trust, right? People will be able to see that and people will be encouraged by it and people will be strengthened by it because it's not something that, that, that they are going through on their own or it's not something that they're the only person who's ever dealt with something like that. You can say confidently that, yes, I was here and, and I was just as low as you. And this is what God was able to do for me because I trusted him and I believed in him, right? Trusting God isn't easy, guys. I'm not in any way trying to like present that it is, it's, it's just as easy as trusting God. I think I'm doing the opposite. I'm, I'm trying to make it clear that in you showing that you trust God, it's, it's, it's apparent in every decision you make in your life, right? So it's not just, I believe in God, I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for the world to end so that I can go to heaven and be with God. No, that's not what it is. It's this idea that like the work begins now, right? And it's a, it's a daily thing, right? Sometimes I'll catch myself if I'm talking to my dad and I feel like I'm getting a little frustrated, I'll have to catch myself, right? Because the Bible tells me how I'm supposed to conduct myself with my parents, right? And guys, this is really important. I need you to understand. The Bible instructs us on how we're supposed to conduct ourselves with our parents and what the repercussions are if we don't, right? And so trusting and believing God means that I take heed to that word, I apply it, and then I exercise it in my life, right? And who knows, I may not be able to see what the result is now, right? Maybe as a result of me standing down and humbling myself and not being disrespectful, like maybe maybe my sense of pride is diminished, right? But that's not a bad thing, right? It, it, sometimes we're, we're trying to, we're, it's like we're trying to achieve something that's really not necessary when we step out of our trust in God or when we step out and we sin, right? Because there's no there's no benefit that comes really in sinning because at the end of the day, we're gonna have to pay for all that, right? Even if we're enjoying now, it's certainly something that we'll have to pay for someday. And so trusting in God means putting yourself in a place where you recognize this is not easy, right? And this is not something that I'm gonna have down packed tomorrow. But this is something that I'm going to be intentional about in every decision I make, right? In everything that I do, knowing and believing that as long as I, I keep that straight path, as long as I'm like living in the perfect will of God, right? And again, that's 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 challenging too, because we're not perfect, right? We our flesh is prone to sinning, right? But as long as I make that conscious effort and I'm trying to do right. I have to know that things are not always going to look the way I want it to look, but that's okay because what I can't see, God does see, right? And trusting God means that I'm surrendering everything to him and I'm saying, Lord, here I am. I might be crying. I might be broken. I might be at my wit's end, but God, you're not through with me. God, you're not done with the purpose and the plan that you have for me. And even greater to tell yourself is that, look, God, some way, somehow, as incredible as you are, you're using this situation for my good. Like you're using this situation. One day I'm going to be able to look back at this very moment and say, wow, like 
I actually appreciate that God, you put me through that. I actually appreciate that I went through that and I believed in you and I had faith and I trusted you, right? Because it has gotten me to where I am today, right? And so it's these sort of conversations that you have with yourself internally, right? It's these reminders that you keep in your heart, that you keep in your mind about what God is doing in your life and about what he's promised for your life. That's gonna require us to really make sure that we're locking in with the Holy Spirit, we're locked in with God, right? That's relationship, right? I, I can't really go on and on and on and talk about you know, faith and trust and even loving God without like emphasizing and reinforcing how important it is, guys, for us to have a relationship with God, like a relationship, right? And it's not just a relationship where you say, yeah, I believe in this person, right? Because then what separates God from Whitney Houston or Drake or somebody else that you believe exists, right? What, what is it that separates you from that person, right? Or it separates God from that person if it's just a matter of believing, right? It's the relationship factor. It's that continuous communication that you have with God or that desire, the pursuit of getting to know him, understanding his word, like looking through this, this manual of life. Like, how do I do this? How am I supposed to do this, right? And going to your maker, going to your creator, like, if you ever wanted to understand how anything is is supposed to function or work, you go to the manufacturer or you go to the creator, right? Or you look through that manual to try to figure out, okay, this is how you do this, this, and that, and this is what this part is purposed for. This is what this is used for. Same sort of thing goes with God and scripture and the Bible, right? We've already talked about, and, and, and by the way, if you really, really needed like, evidence and you needed proof and you needed something concrete to help you try to understand whether or not this is even real it's all out there right it's not that people uh it's not that people don't believe so much it's that people don't want to believe right people don't want to surrender their, even their own will right people don't want to feel confined or restricted in what they how they live their lives right people don't want god right so if you find yourself in that category that's a completely different conversation for another day but for those of us who are here and we say we're believers and we say that okay we want to know god we want to love god we want to trust god it's going to require us to pursue a relationship with him right and i don't know of any relationship that has stood the test of time without that constant communication without that pursuit without that desire and the hunger to maintain it right and that's the same thing that is required of us, right? Trusting a God means that we have a relationship with them, means that we love them and that we believe in the words that they have said, right? And sometimes it doesn't sit with us. There are some commandments, there are some things the Bible instructs us to do that we may be like, eh, this is, you know, this is, I don't really, I don't know how I feel about this or I don't wanna believe in this, right? But being lukewarm, or being what they call a salad bar Christian, where you're just kind of picking and choosing what applies to you, what you like, that won't get you into heaven. And so at that point, you're better off just running along with you know, non-believers. You're better off just running along with Satan because that's where you're gonna end up, right? That's where you're gonna end up at the end of the day with them, right? Christ requires us to be holy. He requires us to be sanctified, 
right? And that sanctification is seen in our lives, right? It's seen, it's like, think about it like your life is the test that will get you into heaven, right? It's not like you're studying and then the test comes when Jesus Christ comes. No, th this is the test, right? We have the study book, right? We have teachers and instructors. We have people to sort of help us understand things. Um, and then we have the actual application of the test, right? Which is our lives. How do you take the knowledge that you're given from the scripture? How do you take the knowledge that you get from Kevin, from Patricia, Uncle Albert, myself, Auntie Eunice? How do you take that information and apply it to your life? In other words, what does your life look like, right? Does it resemble the things of the Bible? Right? Does it resemble the ways and the virtues in which men and women of God would have acted? Right? And I understand that the Bible was written thousands of years ago, but the God that we serve, Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So a lot of these things are still applicable to our lives. How do we apply it to our lives? Right? And, and I think what I'm really trying to emphasize today is that element of trust and like how we apply it to our lives. How we, how, we, uh, how we exercise it, right? How, you know, when we say that we trust God, what that means really to us, right? Because it's easy, like I said, to just say it and then not feel like you have to execute on anything, right? But that's not, that's not being a Christian that is being effective, right? Like being an effective Christian means you take that knowledge, right? And you take that faith and you put your hope and you put your trust in Christ, knowing that he sees the beginning from the end. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the decisions that you're going to make, which is why we have to ask God to sort of step in and, and prevent us, you know, as, as help us, right, to, to, to not make the decisions that are going to negatively impact our lives, right? And when things happen to us that are beyond our control, still deciding, still choosing that, God, I'm going to trust you, right? I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to do what the world tells me to do. I'm not going to run along and follow this crowd or do this crowd. I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to fight this through because I know I'm not in this alone. I know that I have you. I know that I always have you. And again, guys, one of the, the one of the most exciting parts for me, even when I'm like, I have my days where I'm just overwhelmed or I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm upset and I break down and I just like, I have my moment. I just kind of wipe the tears and I'm like, but God, right? But God, guys, we have this anchor. We have this, this hope that the rest of the world doesn't have, right? We have the greatest sort of life hack in getting through it, right? The difference between faith and fate is that the rest of the world just kind of waits for things to happen. There's no sense of hope. They're just like, all right, whatever happens, happens. But then you find that when they do fall, right, much like we do, right, same sort of things that we're dealing with, they often sort of succumb to all that negativity. They either take away their life they resort to drugs, they resort to all these different things to try to fill that hurt or fill that void, not realizing that the answer all along is in our maker and in our creator, you know, because we love him and we're instructed to trust him. So I want you guys to be encouraged and I want you guys to remember that 
you know, although this life isn't easy, and though, though it'll never be easy, like, we actually have a way to get through these things, right? And believe me, you are a lot stronger than you think you are, because God will never give you something or have you go through something that he knows you will not be able to overcome, right? So take it like a test, right? And, and think, all right, this is, this is really challenging, but what do I know? What have I learned? What have I been told? What have I been instructed? And apply that very thing to the situation. Doesn't mean you're not still gonna be standing in that fiery furnace. It just means that you're gonna come out of it unburned. And in fact, I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all these other people that I'm sure you know who've gone through similar situations, you know, maybe they've been raped or they've been abused or um, they had a really tough childhood, some of these people that you talk to now, it's like their faith is even more fortified because they see that God was able to take them from that situation and bring them to where they are now, right? That could be your story, right? And that could be a story that blesses everybody around you. So I want you guys to be encouraged and I want you guys to remember that God loves you and to remember that sort of in exchange for that love, you know, you, you need to trust him. You need to trust that he's got your best interest at heart. And even though he he sees everything that goes on, the highs and the lows of our lives, he's there. My prayer this morning, like when I got up, was just thank you, God. Thank you, God, that like when I'm having the best time of my life or I feel like I've accomplished so much or I'm having a really great day, you're there with me to celebrate. But then I said, thank you, God, also that even when I'm down on my knees and I'm crying or I've been hurt or I feel broken, um, you're also there. Like, I know he's there. And and what you're doing is you, you may not be giving me all the answers, right, to all the questions I have about, God, why? What am I supposed to do? And you're leading me. You're ordering my steps, right? You're walking with me. Right? And my responsibility as a believer is to continue to have faith, is to continue to have trust and know that, God knows, right, what, what will come of this situation and that ultimately I will be okay. So be encouraged, guys, and, um, you know, let's just see, let's just see what God does, right? And, you know, that can be a challenge that you pose to yourself or that you pose to God, like, all right, God, it's, it's looking kind of messy right now, but I know you're going to do something with this, and let's just see what happens. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word that came. Thank you, God, for being such an incredibly good God to us, Lord. That even though at times you show your wrath and your disappointment in us as your children, as your people, more often than not, God, you show also your love for us. We pray, Father God, that we cling on to that, O Lord. Help us to trust in you, knowing that you love us, that you're good, and that you're faithful, God. That when we're going through troubling times, oh God, or just in the ins and outs of our daily lives, God, how we talk to people, Lord, how we deal with certain situations at work or school, in our households, at church, God, help us to apply that level and understanding of trust, right? Which means we just take the information that you've given us, take just the life that you've instructed us to live, and we apply it, knowing that there is a greater reward that will come from it. 
We pray, God, that you will just keep that as a constant reminder ringing in our hearts and ringing in our ears, oh God. And even when we feel tempted, oh God, to just react or respond by our humanly ways or just by our flesh, oh God, that you will just help to suppress that, oh God. And again, that the reminders would just ring loud and clear for us, oh God, so that we can continue to see the glory, your glory, God, that is shown through. We thank you, God, again, for a time like this. And we pray just committing our lives into your hands. We commit the upcoming week into your hands and ask that you will be with us, O oh Lord, as we um, just live our lives, O oh Lord. We thank you. We worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.